There's one in Kirkwood I've never tried. It's like Andy's that Andy's they built is... over the site of the old Long John Silver's. Andy's is not bad. It's pretty no? good. No? Okay. It's not as good as Fritz's or Ted Drew's, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have those here. It's Oh, yeah? That's a pan country It's thing. like our methadone clinic, basically. Like, ah. Best we could get. I don't, we don't have any of that here, sadly. As far as I know. That is very don't have any white castles or crystals, so I can't get that. But we do. We are the home of Krispy Kreme. Hey. So there's always that. Pretty That's nice. something. Yep. I haven't been using my Krispy Kreme free donut I should be doing every day. <laughs> That's a reason to get you guys out of bed can, right there. You can do it too, anywhere in the country. You've got your vaccine card, you can get a free donut. Yeah. One per I, day. Hello, and welcome back to RTFB. This is Travis, and today Chris, other Chris, and I are tackling the first half of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? by Philip K. Dick. For those of you reading along, reminder that the assignment was to finish up through Chapter 10 or risk spoilers. So if you need to get right, now's your chance to pause and catch up, or else soldier on, trusting our notes to carry you through. Alright, disclosure's made, so let's get back to my conversation with the Chris's already in progress. As long as it works. Well, you guys, you guys don't have like long hair problems where just like yeah. hair wraps all the way around the bar, <laughs> and you occasionally have to sure. cut it out with scissors. Oh, well, yeah. I've got a thing. I don't know what happened to my robot vacuum because we moved it in December, but I have a tool in my little arm chair, like my arm storage in my in the couch. That came with it that you can just cut hairs with it oh. yeah. out of the brushes. So I'm like, at least I have that. It makes it a little yeah, easier. Yeah, that's nice. Handy. Yeah. It came with like a comb thing too. I'm like, I bet I'm like, I bet this will work on the Dyson as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But uh, fun fact, people, if you didn't know, you can get officially refurbished Dysons on their Amazon store. Oh, it neat. doesn't cost you quite as much as getting a new one. Oh. That's how we got ours. So nice. Does yeah. the uh, the robot vacuum work at all? Uh, like, I feel like they would be not so. Effective. I didn't get an actual Roomba, so yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I got an EcoVax because I wanted to try it out, but I didn't want to spend like four hundred dollars on something mm-hmm. they may not use. Mm-hmm. So I got it at Black Friday a couple years ago, and I could never get it to connect to the Wi-Fi, so that decreased its utility to me a lot. Yeah. Because then I had to actually, like, think press of a time button. and press a button. Now, it did come with a remote, so that was nice. I could sit in my yeah. chair and just go vacuum, but I always wanted to set it to go at, like, night. Yeah. But then it's, like, three in the morning by the time I think about it. I'm like, do I want to really have a robot vacuum going at three in the morning? I don't think anyone will hear it. Yeah. But there's dogs here. And they, might, and they might freak out, and then waking people up at three. So it never gets used because yeah. Izzy, the young dog, when it's when I do use it, when I did use it, when she was awake, she freaked the fuck out. Right. Because it came home when she was still a puppy, 
And she's like, why is this inanimate object moving and doing shit on its own? Making all this noise. I'm going to bark at it, try to kill it. Shit like that. So I'm like, I can't use it in the daytime. And I don't feel comfortable using it at night. So it never yeah. really got used that much. And it had to be emptied out pretty often when it right. did work. That, that seems to be so. the thing. Like, I can't imagine how much dirt would stay in there. Not a lot, and it needed some cleaning of the filter more to keep its air pressure. When I think a Roomba would be better, mm. especially if you get the the models now that are a little more expensive, but come with like the self cleaning thing that holds more dirt. Yeah. So it's more like an actual vacuum tubes worth of stuff at the end of a thing. Just has to unload itself a couple times. Mm. But yeah, I think you're I right think to never sleep when a Roomba is active. Like, don't trust <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Yeah. Wake up with a knife to your throat. <laughs> I mean, I've had them in the past. We use them a lot. They're okay. They're fine. Move. But it just depends, I think, on how much carpeting you have, too, and how well it works on them. My little EcoBot, whatever the fuck it's called, D-Bot, I don't know what it's called anymore. Like, D-Bag. It turns D-bot. out it didn't do the carpet that well, so uh-huh. it would, like, struggle on it and leave, like, these big lines, which was funny. You could, like, so that's where it went. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you know. My kids so would be like, baffled. Well, They'd be like, where? What? How did you know? <laughs> I don't see things. <laughs> so sadly, wherever it's at, I have not felt the need to go, hey Matt, where did you put my my robot vacuum that we never use? <laughs> Where's my robot vacuum? Let's do it's it. It's just sitting sad somewhere, probably. Probably in a closet. Yeah. yeah. Hibernating. Yeah. yeah. If Danielle was here, she'd say, when the meteorite hits, all that'll be left is Roombas just cleaning endlessly. Yep. yep, they're all dead. It's not wrong. And I pointed out that's basically the plot of Wall-E, but you know, right? Same difference. One of my favorite Disney movies. That's a good movie. Yeah, I like it a lot. Like it a lot. So, mm-hmm. speaking of robots, mm-hmm. robots. How how are you guys liking this robot book? Good, good transition, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. I've been practicing. I'll... <laughs> and hoping I would talk about robots. <laughs> I've been uh, seeding the conversation with robot talk. Vacuums. Yes. <laughs> Vacuums, yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's pretty good so far, actually. I've, yeah. I've liked it. Liking it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think I said uh, we seem to be good at stopping right where I really get hooked. Uh huh. Like, ah, oh, shit. I want to read more, and now I can't. Yeah. But, uh, what, what the hell, though? Like, Right? <laughs> Philip K. Dick. What the, what the, exactly, Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick happened. That's just the answer. <laughs> it's just a wild card, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As we learned, he was a wild card in life, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, so we'll we'll get to that, I guess. But in general, uh, reading through this first part, I was like, a lot of this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Some of it, like, is borderline. Like, depending on what mood you might be in, this is either very funny or very depressing. Right. Yes. Like the the honeymooners arguing over what mood they're gonna dial in for that day, and like, <laughs> yeah, petty arguments, like. Well, I have to schedule for my day. Like, well, then I'm going to schedule mm-hmm. too. Ah. Yeah. I'll just dial my anger up and I'll win this argument. <laughs> 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 I 
Yep. Yeah, but uh, I need one of those machines, by the way. <laughs> Dude, right? I was not like three pages in from like I could think of eighteen dream scenarios of using this. Like this would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where is this in my life? Because my mood. copy said this was supposed to happen when I was a kid. So yeah. where is this shit? <laughs> for real. A fresh and imaginative attitude for work. It'll be great. Yeah. Be nice. Be just nice the... to just feel okay all the time. Yeah, there you go. Just Not fresh. existential yeah. dread I always have. And Get on it, science. Missed my opportunities in life. Yeah. <laughs> just do a 543 or whatever. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, what I need to be doing is this like, low grade pot that's available in my state. That's a bad <laughs> Seriously, we have it. It's like, about we the same being, thing. We're from having just being a CBD haven, and now they're like, okay, you can get this Delta 8 or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. It's this low grade, like low THC pot and shit you can buy mm. all over the place now. I'm like, it's maybe like, I should be doing that. Like microdose. Try it out. Do. I should, I mean. Report back. Peoples who I know here do use it, so yeah. And it's weird because it's the same shit like that you get in, like out in Colorado, just lower, lower yeah. THC. Yeah, yeah. Like it's still like Girl Scout cookies and Moon Rocks and all this stuff. Just go buy it at a gas station. No, they have actual just stores here. Like you can get oh, okay. crappy gas station stuff, but yeah. there's stores here with the Hemp RX stores. They sell it. Mm. So yeah, I think... which is when I moved here was where they sold all the CBD stuff. Right. And then this stuff came into play, I guess, this year. I don't know. And now that's the big rage. I'm like, well, all right, maybe I should try some out. I'm a little afraid of it now, now that I'm almost 40, and it's been 20 years since I had any experience with this stuff. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. I'm not going to counteract any of my drugs I'm on, I don't think. (laughs) You're thinking about it the wrong way. You're almost 40. Fuck it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Just go for it. That's true. That's true, because it might actually help. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, it's very depressing living in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, like, going on vacation in Oklahoma, and, like, any corner you can get weed. Nice. <laughs> Which is funny, because, I mean, Oklahoma is conservative like yeah. Texas. You yeah, should, it is. You'd think they could adapt it. You'd think. You I would think, think Texas would be the first in line. Yes, I would, too. What with all the freedom talk, talk freedom. and bullshit. Yeah. yeah. No, they only care about that for trucks and guns. Oh, okay. Oh. That's freedom for Texas. Got Trucks it. and guns. Because I would think Texas would be the first one then to have, yeah, weed on every corner uh-huh. and legalized brothels and shit, stuff like that. Yeah, what What are we like, doing? get all your stuff on. <laughs> I think it's still technically illegal to own, no, not illegal to own CBD products, but you cannot buy them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you have them, it's cool, but if you buy them, uh-oh. So I guess you're supposed to inherit inherit them? Stupid. Yeah, just just find. Now you're supposed to drive up to Oklahoma and get them and bring I them guess. back. Well, get them. Shit. Get McConaughey in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Isn't he running for office or thinking about Is it? Is he officially doing it? I know he's. Talking I, they about just. It. I think they just said so. that like if he did, oh, he'd yeah. probably win. Yeah. Well, hell, I'd move to Texas so I could too busy vote for him. Teaching at University of Texas, like. <laughs> yeah, there's a professor over there in acting I mean, and life studies. Cool people in Texas that could be playing bongos naked in class. Yeah, I hope so. In an alternate timeline, Kiki Friedman, the Jewish cowboy, won his election, and we already legalized weed like ten years ago. 
but you know, <laughs> not in this darkest timeline we're in. Like, no, <laughs> no, unfortunately. Anyway, we were going to talk about this book. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that. Yes, mood enhancers. Mood enhancers would be easier if you just be like beep bop boop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. On with the day. Although, would yeah. you get, would you get burned out on it? No, but you'd probably get your body would get used to it, so you'd have to play with your levels. I guess. Yeah. I guess. It'd just be just be what you do to get through get through life and stuff. Or would you have to be like was it Iron? Iran? Iran? Like I'm scheduling myself a depression just to get it over with. Like (laughs) maybe. Level out. But I guess. Um yeah. So that that is how the book opens, you know, uh, if we want to get into some details here. Yeah. With a merry little surge of electricity, piped by automatic alarm from the mood organ beside his bed, awakening Rick Deckard. So yes. I wonder what a mood organ is. That's, I've, I've vacillated, right? Like, I know I'm thinking of a wiener when someone says organ. A mood, <laughs> mood organ? A mood organ. Like, how's my mood organ this morning? <laughs> It'd be Mescent. funny if it actually had like tumescent. <laughs> <laughs> My brain kind of made it like a weird jukebox that has yeah. a screen where the where right. the records would be, but it still has the lights on the outside, so it like blinks <laughs> lights at you to try to affect your mood and shit. Uh huh. And then like like a hookah tube or something to yeah. get your drug doses with. Yes. I didn't think about it too hard. <laughs> I thought of like an organ you play at church, but with like you know. Marijuana smoke coming out the top. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or is this like an artificial liver, like that all alters your mood? Like, yeah, probably more akin to that. Or just a right. box. Just that you hit a probably box. just a probably box, just box, and you get anyway. medicine. You get drugs out of it. Yes. It's his uh, merry little alarm, but his wife in bed opened her gray unmerry eyes. It's like, well, you said it too weak. It's like, don't. Fucking touch my shit. She's yeah. done with it. Done don't, with them all. Don't touch my moods at all. And when he tries yeah. to comfort her, he's like, get your crude cop hands away from me. So yeah. Happy, loving relationship those two like, have. Why are you still Yeah, married? absolutely. <laughs> he specifies, like, I'm actually not a cop, and all you do is spend my money. Instead of, for, <laughs> instead of saving for a real sheep, you have to have yeah. a shitty electric one. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, like we said, he's figuring out like, which should I should I dial in my mood organ to be calm or like get angrier so I can power up and win this argument? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. His wife's like, "Well, if you do it, I'm gonna outdial you, pal." Like, like, all right, well, if I dial for the schedule for today, which by the way is January third, nineteen ninety two, in my version. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what it was for me. He's like, no, can't do my schedule. I've got six hours self-accusatory depression today. Like, I, <laughs> I can give you that for free. Like, I don't need a machine for that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's like, why would you do that? She's explaining how uh, she had felt she had felt how empty their building was and realized how unhealthy it was to see the absence of life and not react to it said it's absence of appropriate affect my friend and that's unhealthy she was Mm. seemed almost pleased to have discovered the way to synthesize despair and schedule it two times a month and she says Mm. it's reasonable to feel hopeless here on earth where everyone else has emigrated 
But he's like, hey, listen, a mood like that, you're apt to stay in. And agreed. Um, uh-huh. Which is pretty like, hopeless. She's like, no, I just scheduled to come out of it at a certain time. And again, seems like a dream. Like, this is the best. Yeah. Just schedule it mm-hmm. to come right out. Yeah, he's like, well, if you don't want to dial anything, then dial a three. She's like, what, and force myself to want to dial something? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just yeah. I can't win with you. So again, if you read it one way, this is like, I don't know, a farce. Yeah. If you read another way, like, oh, yeah, I, I feel you, lady. Like, I yeah. feel you. Very, very bleak. Right. Uh, anyway, he decides to dial for both of them. And dials in 594, which is a pleased acknowledgement that her husband is always more wise than she is. <laughs> <laughs> which is the mood I've never been in, but, you know, nice. <laughs> so, uh, he has a hurried breakfast, dons his leaden codpiece, and is out to check on his electric sheet. Mm-hmm. But they mention, like, no one knows it isn't a real one, and it's impolite to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They talk about how thanks to World War Terminus, which is awesome, by the way. It is. Awesome. <laughs> uh, the dust in the air fouls him constantly, but he's still within tolerable reproductive threshold, so hence the leaden codpiece. Right. Yeah. Gotta keep it safe. Don't Too nuke fall out. Don't nuke my junk. Like, I need right. to probably reproduce. Uh, he meets his neighbor out on the roof pasture, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like, guess what, buddy? My horse is pregnant. And good this, for you. This so far is my favorite character quirk that Rick Deckard has is he wants an animal so bad. Yeah. Um, it's like apparently part of their religion or something to tend yeah, to animals. But it is. It is to have the afford to be able to do it and then also have the responsibility to keep something alive. Like yeah. to care for it and keep animals going. Yeah. It's about empathy. Right. Yeah. It is. And it seems like a surrogate for people who have, are no longer reproductively viable. Like, feel yeah. the same biological clock going off for these people. Like, I gotta take care of something. Yep. But I'm uh, also intrigued by their whole religion of building empathy. Right. As weird as it is, I'm like, maybe we could all use that. Yeah. But, like, scattered throughout this section were just random animals. He's like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. I gotta have that animal. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that raccoon, would be even cooler. Bill the raccoon is going to be mine. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his neighbor's like, my horse is pregnant. He's like, I'm going to buy your horse, man. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, it's not fair for you to have animals. I only have a fake animal. Like, my sheep died of tetanus from a hay bale. Uh, I guess that's supposed to be like too much exposure to the metal, and like, there's I'm sensing a theme here. It probably mm. ate him, ate yeah. something metal and yeah. got pokeyed and died on the inside. Yep. Seems to be the general thesis. Too much exposure to unnatural stuff is bad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they talk here a little bit about mercerism, which is their religion, and the precious obligation to raise animals. Because they were like, hey, you could get like a cat mm-hmm. or a cricket. Yeah. Deckard's like, and your horse could fucking die tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. We're just talking about possibilities here, friend. Right? <laughs> anyway, off to work he goes. And by the way, work is bounty hunting, like Samus. And Boba. Yeah. 
and hunting for Andes, yep. which is lowercase a, so you know it's androids. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give us some background about World War Terminus, which they describe as a costly war that hadn't gone how the Pentagon nor the Rand Corporation had predicted. And Rand, I either thought of like Danny Rand from Iron Fist <laughs> or Anne Rand. Like, is that like a little bit of shade being like your uh, Atlas Shrugged book won't work in the future, guys? Like, it's not good. Nope. going to work out. Yeah. I don't know. They are a think tank. Oh, well, that could be an too. established think tank. They're oh. kind of in the middle. What is they? Oh. Are they referencing Anne Rand and the Fountainhead? No. Okay. Well, shit. Cross this out. They were kind of middle uh, of the road, especially back when they were founded. Delete. And some famous science people worked for them for a little bit. Hmm. Well, so that's a no to the Iron know. Fist connection, too. Sadly. <laughs> shit. I was going to say I knew someone who worked there, but that's Raytheon, not Rand. That's a little different. Yeah. So, yes, no one had planned on the dust, nor worried much about it at first. When the owls started dying, mm-hmm. which, again, which again, like you read that a certain way, that's kind of hilarious. Like, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's what? it's like in in Futurama how owls are like the new pigeon, right? Like they've killed off all the rats and now they have owls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Rand here, <laughs> yeah. It, it, their name is Cutesy. Rand is all capital letters because it's research and development. Where's the N come from? Hmm? Where where's the N come from? That's not a proper abbreviation. It's just Don't. research and development. R and D. It's gotcha. cutesy. Don't worry about it. It was created it. in 1948 by Douglas Aircraft Company to offer research and analysis to the armed forces. Yeah. It's financed by the U.S. government and private endowment corporations, universities, and private yeah. individuals. And stuff. They are aimed for interdisciplinary and quantitative problem solving by translating. Theoretical concepts from formal economics and the physical sciences into mm-hmm. novel applications in other areas using applied science and operations research. That sounds like business talk to me. <laughs> yes, sure does. And they didn't fucking plan on the dust. They, did they didn't. Not. not at all. 30 years ago, they didn't plan on it, fuckers. Nope. Anyway, they the thought owls, it would go differently. The owls die first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. Then other birds. And then the colonization effort had to enter a new chapter. Yes. So the UN order, or a, a UN order, issued everyone a personal android to help with colonization and as an incentive to get your ass off planet. Yeah. Come get your personal android. <laughs> <laughs> hey, friend, do you need an android? I help, sure do. Help colonize Mars then. Yay! They say by Elon Musk gave everyone an Android. Sign me up. Well, didn't he give us an Echo Dot? <laughs> no, that's no, that's Jeff Bezos. Bezos. That's a different asshole billionaire. Mm-hmm. Well, they're probably working together. I don't know. Probably. Anyway, they say by 1990, androids were as commonplace as the automobiles of the 60s. Mm. But still, you know, many people decided, nah, I'll just stay. Like, this is what's familiar, and I know people here. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. The regulars, they say, got by. But those who were pegged as specials basically dropped out of society. Mm-hmm. Speaking of specials, then we meet John 
Isidore? Isidore, yeah. Isidore. Isidore. J.R. Isidore, in fact. Which is like Isildore from J.L. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) He's a special who preps for his work while he's... Or, I'm sorry. His broken TV is hawking pre-Civil War-style robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Seems tr- like a troublesome description. Pre-Civil War-style Yeah. Robots. Anyway, I'm going to move past Definitely. That. Right. Meaningful in their culture. <laughs> there were... I'm going to say there was another Civil War. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so. Probably in the ashes of World War Terminus. Yes. We'll just we'll just skip over this. Right. It's some yeah. snow. Yeah. I mean he knows he knows what he's talking about. Okay. We'll let someone else talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's also emigration programs to new New York and Mars, so it's the Futurama mm-hmm. travel plan for sure. Of of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. John has been genetically distorted and is unable to pass the minimum mental faculties test. Thus, he is a chicken head, and I say that is not what that term means, book. Well, not anymore. That. Um, not anymore. Mors yep. Serta, Vita Inserta, says his boss Hannibal, and I was going to look that up and didn't, so. I didn't either. You got the Latin for us? Uh, what was it? Mors Serta, Vita Inserta. Probably like uh, death is certain, life is uncertain, something like that. That seems right. Let me see if it's in my. Could be uh... pimps. Pimps goes (laughs) down. (laughs) (laughs) If it was Italian, it said he bit some uncertain life. Love it. <laughs> yes, death is certain. Life is uncertain. You got it. I did? That's what Google says. Wow. I win the prize. Cool points. Hannibal said that anyway. Uh, so, yeah, John's getting ready for work. Suddenly struck by the vast stillness of the world. The idea of an empty hallway up to a roof where he has no animals. Mm-hmm. So instead, he's like, I'm going to fire up my empathy box. Which yeah. I don't know. Struck me a lot as like one of those Scientology machines, like the Thetan Measurer. Right. Got to grab the handles and. Yeah. But it makes you like hallucinate, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you experience this tribulation of Mercer, Mm -hmm. along with everyone else who's using the machine across the whole world, climbing a mountain or something. Mm -hmm. And like, it'd basically be like if you get to get crucified with Jesus, you get his stripes on your arms. Except he's climbing a mountain or something, and rocks are falling down, cutting his arms. Something like that. He mentions, like, uh, it's really too risky to do the full climb when you're alone in a building without medical staff, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And later on, while he's drawing his arm of blood, he feels like, I don't know, a resonance in a TV or something, and he just knows that someone has moved in, maybe like three floors below him. Yeah. He's like, what what does one do in this situation? Like, do you ask for a cup of sugar? Or, like, what do neighbors do anymore? Right. Good question. He's like, I know, I'll bring a dubious cube of margarine. (laughs) Yeah. Hurries down the hallway. Yep. Then we jump back to Rick Deckard, stopping, with a whole bunch of other people, by the way, it's noted, outside a pet shop. 
mm-hmm. to view an ostrich. Yeah. Just, just the menagerie they have of random animals just was odd. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, like the only thing they had left was what was in the San Francisco Zoo, and they kept those guys alive. Mm-hmm. But uh, upon showing up at work, he learns the head bounty hunter is now in the hospital waiting a new plastic spine because he got a laser blast through his old one. And secretary, Oops. it's like, uh, you know what happened? He got shot. <laughs> one of those new extra smart Andes from the Rosen Association. The Nexus 6. The Nexus 6. Which is, I'm thinking of a phone now, thanks to... Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck those guys are. Samsung. <laughs> Apparently, though, this is like the normal course when a new model comes out. Like People complain how smart they are and how dangerous. Yeah. Right. But none so far have been able to best the Voigt-Kampf test. Yeah. 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 This is a test of general empathy. Androids can't figure it out. Neither can a number of predators, because, like, if they could empathize, they they couldn't stand to kill their prey. I'm like, I disagree. Yeah. Because we do it all the time. Definitely. All the time. But Deckard thinks, you know, an android is a solitary thing, a killer. And bonus, like, their religion has a heavy emphasis on only killing killers. Yeah. But they're never really clear on who they are. And, mm-hmm. like, they say a mercerite could sense evil without understanding it. Perfect. Sounds okay. reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> I said that one senator one time. <laughs> but fuck, you don't know what it is. You've seen it. <laughs> You're watching it right now. It's old enough for under your desk. Tijuana Bibles you get from Mexico. <laughs> it's a tattoo on his inner thigh. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he makes her dance type of deal. <laughs> the old school kind. Uh, yep. So yes, almost immediately he calls up the pet shop because like the head bounty hunter's out of the way. I'm getting some money soon. It's like how much for the ostrich? Thirty thousand dollars. Fuck. Yep. So instead he calls the electric vet. It's like how much for an electric ostrich? Like uh $800? It's like I'll call you back too. <laughs> Checks in with his boss who is like I'm not sure if I'm going to give you Dave's case. Uh but there's yeah, I guess there's like eight suspected androids. Dave had taken out two and the third one Max Polakoff is the one they assume lasered him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, guys named Dave in sci-fi books don't fare well. Except no, not man. usually. Uh, uh, but his boss is like, listen, let's do a pre-screening test to make sure you can even identify an android. Like, don't want you just randomly killing people. Yeah, they're actually that would be bad. Cops bad look. Mm-hmm. Cops killing people is bad news, and it would ruin the whole police force. Ooh. <sighs> but yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'll just assume it's a new police force. <laughs> in sci-fi future. Yeah. Uh, so yes, he decides to head up to Seattle to visit the Rosen Company. And do a single blind test of humanoid robots and actual humans. To confirm if he can do it right. Uh... And he's not going to get the case notes until he passes that. So, all right. So, when he arrives in Seattle in his hover car, 
because it's the future. Mm. Rick is met by Rachel Rosen, uh, she of the Rosen Company, along with some guards with machine guns and stuff. And though he's eager to get the test started, he's distracted again by animals because they have a, yeah. like a menagerie there. Mm-hmm. A god's honest raccoon. Bill, by the way. Bill the raccoon. Bill. Bill. My favorite character. <laughs> Rachel's like, we even have an owl. And he's like, you are a fucking liar. My Pokedex, <laughs> My Pokedex says they're extinct. C E extinct. <laughs> like, no, we've got nature reserves up in Canada. You wouldn't know them. They don't go to this school. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and none of our sales are listed, so you wouldn't know. So, uh, Rick is in like a uh, fugue state, thinking about how stupid his electric sheep is. Like, yeah, like a slightly worse android. Like, how much for your owl? Like, oh, you could never afford it. You have to ask, sir. You'll never afford it. Mm. Uh, and basically, she lets on, like, listen, uh, all of our robots here are Nexus Six. So if this test goes south, like, we're we're hosed. So let's get this right. Then Elden yeah. Elden Rosen meets and shakes hands with Rick and. Like Elden, because he's like the Elder Rosen. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and they show him in to a living roomish cubicle to set up the test. And he's annoyed to see that they have an advanced copy of this Pokedex, the Sydney's Guide. And uh-huh. He hasn't seen it yet. Like, this is probably illegal, jerks. I'm taking this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need this for work. <laughs> <laughs> they talk a little bit about how this Voight comp test works like we measure like we hook you up to these machines we measure the dilation of the capillaries in your face uh to check for shame blushing or shame and blushing plus you shine this lights in your eyes and that's annoying so <laughs> <laughs> right robots wouldn't be annoyed i guess but i gather that you can't really fake the responses they're recording the same way you could fake like breathing or heart rate quickening mm-hmm. so which is like all right we'll test me He's like, what? But Eldon's like, yep, she's your first test. She might be a robot. We don't know. So I thought this scene was really interesting because they hook her up and they basically just give her a set of scandalous prompts. Mm -hmm. She's supposed to respond to them. She's like, well, of course my response doesn't matter. Just the scanner readings. But uh, they kind of go through a whole bunch of scenarios like... Scenarios: You get a calfskin wallet for your birthday, and he notices the needles jump to red because I guess that'd be very bad killing an animal. It would yeah. to get their skin. Or he's like, "Well, what if your son shows you his butterfly collection, and they go to red, but not quite as much?" Well, what if you see a wasp on your wrist? Like, I don't know, I kill it. It doesn't read anything. I guess wasps are still shitheads in the future, so. <laughs> <laughs> What what if you saw a fully nude woman in a magazine? Nothing happens. But your husband likes it, and the lady's on a bearskin rug. And she's like, is this testing if I am a lesbian? (laughs) (laughs) But he notes that nothing happens to the needles, because she missed the reference to an animal skin rug. Like, she focused on the first part instead. Well, what if he hangs that picture in his study, your husband, and gets a small reaction from that? Or... You're back in the olden days on Fisherman's Wharf, and you're eating lobster. No reaction. It's like, what, they ate those? Gross. Gross. They did. 
They did. And they're actually pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're big just, bugs. Just FYI. They're basically immortal. Like, if you don't eat them, they will take over the planet. <laughs> uh, it's like, what if you got pregnant, but the man leaves you to get an abortion? Like, well, that's illegal. And a life sentence, and the police are always watching. Like, that's interesting. Uh, right. Or what if you're watching an old movie and people are eating raw oysters? Like, yeah, it's also gross. And the needles jump to red. And he's like, but the entree is boiled dog. And the needles go less red. He's like, all right, so you're an android. What the hell? Boiled dog. Gross. You don't eat that. Uh-uh. Eldon's like, uh-uh, she's human. Just, uh, she was born off planet on like a space arc or something. Like a spaceship right, yeah. that had to double back. So she yeah. Didn't, she didn't know about eating boiled dog. She didn't develop correctly. Yeah. Yeah. She just doesn't know. So like, well, this test is fucked. There's no point of going on with anyone else. Nope. But which like, well, we could have lied, but we didn't. Eldon's like, we just were doing what all the consumers wanted us to do. Like, they wanted more advanced androids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know your test was a failure even before the Nexus 6. Like, you've already probably retired a bunch of humans. Ooh. And then Rachel's like, we have you, Mr. Deckard. And I'm like, uh, they do? Because they... It's like, yeah, they do. They said it. Because they know the test didn't work? Yeah. Yeah, because if the test can't pick up the difference between a human and an android, it's useless. I guess that must be it. It's because they're recording him on video to find out. And he said she was a robot, and they said, nah-uh. Right. She's not. She's a human. She's a human. She's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like other girls. No. Uh, but, like, your test is fucked, but would you like an owl, Mr. Deckard? And there's a, like, well, yeah, I do. a healthy debate. <laughs> like, first of all, yes, I do. But <laughs> who gets to keep their kids and, like, who inherits it and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, we'll yeah. give you an owl. Otherwise, we tell your boss you can't identify androids. And your bounty right. hunting days are done, Mr. No Bounties. Done, we say. <laughs> it's like, you bastards set me up so perfectly. And you own that goddamn owl still. And she's like, yep. it's your owl, honey. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> One last question here. One more thing, says Deckard Columbo. <laughs> uh-huh. So he hooks her back up. He's like, you know my briefcase? Feel how soft it is. Made of baby skin. <laughs> A baby skin suitcase is what I have. And there are red lights, but they come too late. And Rick's like, well, mm-hmm. does she even know? He's like, no. She's a robot Don't model we use for sales demonstrations, but you probably guessed yeah. when you asked another question. He's like, yeah. Most importantly, is that owl even real? Can I still have it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yes, she was a robot all along. Oh man, like, that's the Nexus Six, and that's what I'm going up against. Yep. Yeah, only six more, and the money's all mine. It's pretty tough. Pretty tough. Tell them apart. Pretty but tough. They do. I feel like both of them had very flimsy cases in that game of Gotcha, but okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you're right. I could have just lied again and said she's a human, but mm-hmm. seemed to be going along with it pretty well beforehand." But I know. Anyway, back to John Isidore who's outside his neighbor's apartment with his cube of margarine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Knox and has to coax a, a, a young woman wearing only PJ bottoms, guys, whoa, uh-huh. to the door. 
She tries to Ooh. make introductions and small talk, but she's not really into it. Yeah. Right? It's like, I don't think she thought anyone else lived here. But listen, all your furniture is shitty. Like, I can get you some other furniture from the other abandoned building. Your place has too much kipple. 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 Which is a new word for me. Yes. Yeah. Kipple. It's like, it comes you know, from that mercerism. Entropy. Yeah. Kipple. Uh, too much kipple around and just takes over and breaks everything down and then it's shit. That's my problem in life. <laughs> <laughs> too much kipple. Too much kipple. Not enough kipa. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's talking about mercerism and she seems not to really know about it. So, uh-huh. yeah, we'll do your empathy thing. And she's like, I, I don't have it. Uh, I left it in my other apartment. He's like, but this Mercer is great. He doesn't even care that I'm special. Which, I don't know, seems to flip a switch for her. To, like, trust him? Or like, oh, this guy's too dumb to do anything. Exactly. Reckless. That's it. She's like, okay, hello, I'm Rachel Rosen. I mean... And he's like, what? (laughs) From Seattle? She's like, no, wait, I'm Pris Stratton. Miss Stratton, if Mm -hmm. you're nasty. (laughs) He's like, well, that was weird. That lady sure was mixed up. She doesn't even know her own name. Or yep. who Buster Friendly is, who is like a, a right? comedian he was listening to. Yep. And he doesn't know Mercer. Even though Mercer isn't real. He's like an archetypal archetypal entity from the stars, superimposed on our culture by a cosmic template. And that's not the <laughs> kind of thing that someone who can't pass mental tests thinks about. Like <laughs> Usually, yes. I feel like this Well, it's something... Been, it's something that he repeated from someone else. Uh, that could yeah. be. That could be. Could be. <laughs> it's like, anyway, I'm just a chicken head. What could I offer Miss Stratton? Uh, so instead, he's off to work, picks up an electric cat from a hurried owner to bring in for service. And is thinking about the diseased circuits they put in these animals, which instead of them just breaking down, they just look like they're sick. Disease circuits. Mm-hmm. Keeps the illusion going. But the cat is laboring. And he can't quite find a place to plug the cable in to charge it back up. He's like, man, so lifelike. Yeah. Uh, but as he's listening to Buster Friendly, the comedian, the cat goes silent. Has, uh, John's like, this guy like is on TV all day. And uh-huh. uh, so are all of his guests. Uh-huh. And they never seem to get tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird, right? They're also on the radio. They're also yeah. on the radio at the same time. Yeah. Interesting, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and he's always making fun of Mercer. Like, I'm never going to be climbing a mountain and get my arms cut up. That's stupid. <laughs> so he's like, I think it's because Mercer is Buster's rival in the battle for people's attention and their souls. Ooh. Yep. And when he gets to work, he's like, hey, boss, is Mercer and Buster, like, in a battle for our souls? He's like, well, if they're battling, then Buster's winning. (laughs) But Mercer's immortal. He's like, yeah, so is Buster. I haven't figured out how, but he sure is. So, (laughs) right. And, you know, while they're trying to help poor cat upon closer inspection, they realize, uh, yeah, it's a real cat and it's super dead. Yep. Super dead. Super dead. Uh, She's like, well, listen, you idiot. Like, you're the one who picked up a real dead cat. Like, you have to call the owner and tell him about it. 
He's like, but I'm not good on the phone. I'm like, neither am I. Like, this is. <laughs> I felt this was kind of unfair because like the owner flagged him down, as I recall. Right. And yeah. he said, oh, hey, you're a vet service. Heal my cat. It's sick. Yeah. Like, well, why... Why wouldn't that happen? But did more they often, know really? that they're an electric vet? No, because they disguised themselves as right. robots. Essentially, he didn't. He didn't look into it hard enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing this happened like all the time, though, for anyone who's got a real pet. Like, I don't think it happens as often. But I think the guy was just like, "Oh, look, there's a vet truck. Hey, you, my cat's." Ah, gotcha. Like, you he know. just happened to be in the area. Yeah, I think that was kind of what, okay. how it happened. But like, they should expect that to happen, though. Right. Like you're masquerading as a vet, right? For people's fake animals, right? But you're not differentiating yourself because it's all keeping up the facades. Yeah. Here. If it's not polite to ask, oh, do you right. plug them into the USB port or do you give them medicine? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so yes, he has to make the video call to an aggrieved housewife, and while he's stumbling to try to make her feel better, he promises to make her an exact replica of Horace the cat. Horus. Mm-hmm. Horus. And they, somewhere in there they mention that the fakes look more and more convincing every day. And, uh, again, seems to be the theme. Mm-hmm. Electric animals and electric people. Yep. Anyway. They agree to make the replica. But Milt, who's some guy at the shop, notes, like, hey, don't let the guys at the shop take this actual cat corpse, okay? Seems like yeah. it, something might come back later. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So Rick is going back to the Hall of Justice to get the poop shoot. Poop shoot? Peep sheet. Peep sheet. Poop poop sheet. <laughs> poop sheet. Poop sheet. <laughs> the peep sheet. shit. The stats. He got his character <laughs> The dossier. Yep. <laughs> the whatever. The info on Polikov. Whom his boss suggests he should take out right now because like he already knows he's been made. So... Uh, apparently, Polikov is currently posing as an ant head sanitary worker. So apparently there's grades of heads you can be. Yep. So I don't know, maybe chicken heads are smart enough to think, like, are Mercer and Buster friendly in a battle for our mortal souls or what? Right. And ant heads are really dumb. Anyway. Mm -hmm. It's like also some Soviet cop is going to be accompanying you. Like the WPO has an interest in the Nexus 6. It's like, oh, I have to split the bounty though? Like. That doesn't seem fair. He's like, no, fine. <laughs> but he's gonna be there. Yeah, you know what? Go, you go get him on your own, and that guy can join you later for the, the next. Soviets one. are still a thing. Yep. Smirsh. Smirsh. Yep. Smirsh. Smirsh is gonna get him. Uh. Yeah, and when they're talking about it, well, we can get Miss Zuba left afterward. I'm like, since these are all robots, I'm picturing a Mega Man select screen, like. Uh huh. <laughs> I haven't beat Polikov yet, so I can't go to the opera level, because I need that anyway. Right. Yeah. So yeah. He pops into the workplace. Apparently trash collecting has become very lucrative lately. And mentioned the office is very plush. Yeah, and Wally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Polikov isn't there, never reported to work, says HR. So flies over to his apartment instead and uses his police-grade Penfeld emotional machine. Make everyone uh, but him comatose. Which, I don't know, that seems like a war crime. I don't know. <laughs> Very dangerous. Seems like it. <laughs> Very dangerous indeed. Like, what if they're in mid-ironing or something? <laughs> Just comatose. Well, they're not, then. I guess. So, he's like, well, he already failed the comp 
test earlier, so I can skip that and just find him sleeping and laser him right there. Like simple, easy. Yep. Leaves nothing but the refreshing scent of pine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, not there. The guy's not there. So calls into the apartment. It's like ah fuck. I guess I gotta meet that WPO guy now. His boss is like he's already here and he's flying out to accompany you. So. Decker goes up to the roof, and while he's waiting, Rachel calls, offering him, like, I can help you track down these robots. Like, they might be nervous mm-hmm. if a human shows up, but if there's another one of them with you, and he's like, uh, hell no. And operator never put another sol- call from Seattle through to my phone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Soon after that, a flying taxi descends on him, and the WPI guy, Kadali? Kadali? Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Something like that. Something. Pops out and comes to join Rick in his car, like very happily shaking his hand. Uh, He notices the new guy has a very unusual laser. He's like, oh, I got that on Mars. Mm Mm-hmm. Deckard's like, I thought I knew every gun. (laughs) Right? He's like, it's special. Just try firing it. And uh, this part confused me because he, like, shoots it up in the air, but nothing happens. Yeah. And then does Kadal you say something like, oh, it's got a detachable trigger? It's the trigger circuits in his hand. Ah. So so only he can fire it. Oh, okay. Okay. But then later, Makes like sense. Deckard also has a laser suppression system in his car. Yeah. Okay. Don't so worry the, about there it. There were two reasons why it wouldn't have fired. Sci-fi shit. Yeah, exactly. Sci-fi. So shit. Deckard's like, wait a minute. You're not Polakov, you're Kadalki. And the guy's like, What? <laughs> and bam fucking kablam blows yep. his head off right there <laughs> yep with his old fashioned 38 magnum yeah it's like, don't need lasers for this son like, can't suppress that <laughs> yeah nope and, <laughs> <laughs> and I wondered was that was that verbal thing just to throw him off for a second or was he he also confused or do That's we not a good... know yet not That's a good yet. question. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Or was it to catch him off guard? Could be. He's yeah. good at that. He's Columboing him again. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Bam! <laughs> Fucking bam. Anyway. Uh, yeah. He calls in the kill to the headquarters and thinks about that sweet, sweet thousand dollars he just earned. Calls up his wife to tell her the good news. She just finished her six-hour depression and does not give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I should have divorced her like two years ago. Is Plus what they... he says. Yeah. <laughs> Plus these androids seem more lively than my alive wife. Also, <laughs> unfortunately. Also, these androids are a little bit hot, if I'm being honest. <laughs> just like that Rachel Rosen. But no, she's too skinny and flat-chested. But at least the next one, the opera singer, is modeled to appear to be 28. I'm like, uh. <laughs> That's a weird note. Uh-huh. Need him to be, like, it's okay to be attracted to this robot. <laughs> it looks of age. Swathy <laughs> 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 goes. Singing a made-up nonsense aria to himself. Like you do. Yep. Like you do. Uh, he arrives at the opera house, very pleased to hear people mid-practice of the magic flute. 
Hmm. Even if it the chorus is off and it ruins the rhythm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some German lyrics which Google translated to me to say, if every good man could find such bells, his enemies would then easily disappear. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not what that was. I guess. That's what Google says. But okay. Deckard's like, yeah, too bad Mozart's dead, and everyone will die, and dust will win. That's <laughs> uh, that wrong. Kipple. <laughs> Kipple. Kipple again. Kipple. Uh, but while he's watching, he realizes the lady playing Pamina is his next target. So during the interval, he makes his way back to her dressing room to administer the test. He's like, I'm pretty sure she's an android, though, because... I don't know. I don't know. Biases? I don't know. So, yeah, she agrees to go along with the test, but seems to have trouble understanding the questions, like tripping over the words like wasp. Like, what's that? What's the German word for it? Wisp. Like, oh, of course. A wisp. I don't know. Kill it, I guess. And she's like, why would he watch a movie in the Philippines? Like, all they had there was the Bataan Death March. So, up-to-date references, and uh huh, that's still relevant even after the world ends. So, good thing. Right. Uh, but anyway, all her questions kind of make it impossible for him to get a valid response. Yeah. Or valid test. She's like, hey, buddy, maybe you're an android, huh? Mm-hmm. Maybe you only have a false memory of being a cop. Like, as soon as his questions start mentioning sex, she grabs the sheet and pulls a laser on him. Like, right, dirty pervert! I'm calling the cops. He's like, "That's cool. I am the cops." Mm-hmm. Let him come. But then another cop shows up and takes Rick's gun and laser and looks at his badge. He's like, "Bounty hunter, aren't you a little short for bounty hunter?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've never been heard of you. He's like, well, I work for Brian. He's like, I ain't never heard of him neither. Right. So he's like, gets him on the video phone. Tries to call his boss on the video phone. And though he gets him, the call goes dead as soon as he hands it over to the other cop. He's like, okay, I'm bringing you in. Takes Rick and the body of Polakov in his cruiser and heads off, but not in the right direction. Like, mm-hmm. buddy, the Hall of Justice is that way. Right. What are you New talking about? Is like, no, that's the old Hall of Justice. It hasn't been on Lombard. For four years. He's like, well, great, says Rick. This guy's an android, too, and now I'm right fucked. <laughs> it's like, where the fuck have I been going, then? <laughs> but at least yeah. I killed one of them. Did kill that one guy. But, to his surprise, they, in fact, land at another Hall of Justice on mission. And Rick is booked, and he's wondering, like, how can there be two Halls of Justice? Like, same side exactly. of the street, even. Like, yeah, can on? there be... He gets scanned for cephalic, cephalic patterns and then turned over to a senior plainclothes officer, Garland. Mm-hmm. He takes his phone car, call and tries to call his wife again. But the lady who picks up at that number isn't her, so he hangs up. Weird. Weird. That is the weird part. So Rick's telling Garland all about the Voight comp process, which he's never heard of before. And also weird. Hit list. Mm-hmm. He's like, huh. That's weird. I'm the next person on the list after the opera singer. He's like, let's let's get a random bounty hunter in here to talk this through. Like, let's just figure it out. <laughs> that guy also doesn't recognize Rick, but he seems kind of like bemused that he killed Polakov. He's like, really? I always wondered about that guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. killed him, huh? <laughs> Well, that's cool. That's pretty. They cool. got him down in the lab doing a bone marrow test. Yeah, that's right. I like that other guy. 
other other guy who I don't the think they told Blade us Runner. his name, but yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, Rash or something. Yeah, something like that. Carlin's like, yeah, really funny guys. You know, I'm on this list too. He's like, really? <laughs> well, why are we <laughs> Interesting. So the two guys they compare notes on their testing methods. Uh huh. Until word comes in on the test of Polikov's bone marrow, and he's like, "Yep, human humanoid robot." Yep. Rick's like, "Okay, I think well, let's fuck. test everyone." <laughs> <laughs> of course we will. We have to now. And although that's where our section ends, the next line I looked ahead is Garland saying, "Yeah, I think we should probably do that." <laughs> <laughs> totally. Let's just level set here. Let's get a baseline going. Right, man. So, yeah. So, what the hell, guys? Philip K. Dick. Philip K. K. Dick. Philip K. Dick. What is it going to be? What are your predictions? I'm accepting them now. (laughs) I don't really know at this point, because it's pretty different from the movie. So, all my expectations are out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he'll get out of this hairy situation somehow. My well, my expectation is that we are we are going to be left in the dark as to the true nature of many many people and things. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people will uh, still be wanting real animals if they can. You're get them. you're never gonna know. Uh, yeah. God damn it. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the last option on my thing. list. Here is huge middle finger ending. Like. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. All right. Well. <laughs> Here's here's my questions going into t- t- the next section. Like, so is is Rick an android with a false memory? Mm-hmm. Like, is he is talking he? to this guy on the phone and he's like, "All right, uh, sleeper cell agent, like you got to go kill these people." Uh huh. And you have a false memory of going into to the office and getting your assignment or whatever. Or is this like Flight of the Navigator, like some weird time skip, and he came back and they're like, "Oh, no, that." We moved, and we don't do that anymore, and no one is trained on it, so they wouldn't know. And the, his wife moved somewhere else. Good and if question. it's a time skip, like, why is Rachel hiding in that abandoned apartment? And who's John Is Isidore? And is that going to be Rick later? Like, is it be like, oh, before he was Rick, he was this other guy. Or after he was Rick, he was this other guy. I don't think it'll be that complicated. <laughs> With some people, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Isidore in the movie is a lot different so far than this. So mm-hmm. who knows? Like, yeah, but who knows? I'm not who really knows? sure about this whole part. Yeah, but or I think that's always been the thing, anyways. Is is Deckard a a replicant? Is he a robot, right. an android, or not? Right. And I don't know when you boil it down that we're supposed to be able to tell. Right. So this is just kind of playing into that, I think, and we'll find out. Or is it really all of the androids have formed a secret society and they have their own hall of justice to take you to, like Rick thought before? And he's gonna be like, wait a minute, did you know my suitcase is made of baby skin? And they're like, uh oh. He's like, I got you now. All you. I mean, maybe they do. Why wouldn't they? We don't know how many are on Earth. I'm sure it's just that they come to Earth and they hide out, and that's why they have Rick Decker trying to find them and kill them and shit. Yeah. Which is kind of mean to me, too, because I'm like, they're going to die anyways. Like, why not just let them live as a human for a few years, and that'll be that. Right. Well, okay, so an hour in, I think we need to go back and talk about how 
having an android on Earth is not legal. Like that's You're why right. that's why he's hunting them down and just killing them. Yeah. Like, but what's this about them just dying? Like, do they talk about that? Like the android? No, they don't. Die? They well, did. Eventually, they might. They do in the movie. They, so they would the be kippalized, like everything yeah. else, I guess. Yeah. They have I don't a lifespan that's programmed in. Oh. But we'll see if they follow that. I'm assuming they stick with that, that that's part of this, this they story, didn't, too. They haven't mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming it's part of this. It is in the movie, in that stuff. That seems big enough that it might feature, might be a different length of time. Yeah. But since they're artificial, like, they didn't want them being around too long i don't know right so interesting interesting but also since earth's kind of dying off and people are leaving like again why would it matter if just a bunch of androids live there and live out human-esque lives on a planet where there's not any actual biological humans anymore right like it doesn't really matter they're evacuating so to speak trying to i guess the idea is that like they are needed for the colonization effort? So if they're so hanging around Earth, being lazy, more. yeah, <laughs> like just make more, yeah. Just but maybe there's some kind of limitation on that out. too that we don't know about. Just crank more out. You know, to me, it's as easy as like just ramp up your manufacturing, but maybe it's not that easy. But maybe they don't have the capability to. Maybe everything's fucked on the colonies. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. I guess we'll. Ne- I guess we may or may not find out. <laughs> right, right. We, exactly. <laughs> maybe oh, the boy. colonies aren't even there. Yeah, yeah maybe, mae maybe something happened and they all blew up. It's all knows. a lie. Maybe the ostrich was behind it the whole time. Oh man, it's just, just as plausible as anything else at this point. Dance God puppets. damn it, <laughs> Philip K. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The God electric, damn it. Electric cats run the world with their ostrich uh-huh. enforcers. <laughs> it's just as plausible as anything else in the world he's created. <laughs> they come and kick you to death because they can do that, you know. <laughs> and they just all think they're human until they start describing themselves in detail and we find out that they're cats and ostriches. Yeah. <laughs> this is all watership down. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was that dude? Oh, no. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll find out. I'm excited to read the rest of it. Or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we will find out either interesting facts about the story or that we're very angry. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we will discover <laughs> we'll discover them. <laughs> either way, it'll be great. Uh, yes. Yep. So yes, homework is to read the rest. Mm-hmm. All right. Just do it. It's like yeah. eight more pages or whatever. It's mm-hmm. not that much. Not that much. I don't anticipate it being as hard. No. To read. No. Because no, the it pulls reading you in enough. The reading was quick. Yes. It was the writing down all the things that took a long time. Yeah. That would take longer. Also, uh, side note. Uh, when I'm reading, I put on like the the playlist, the themed playlist, like for Bridgerton. I was mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. classical renditions of pop music. Okay. For this one, I couldn't find a good playlist, so I just went with cyberpunk love story. You should have. You oh, should have gone with uh, Com Trues. Okay, I'll make a note of that. Yeah, Com Trues. What is this? Just just Google Com Trues. Yeah. 
Com okay. trues. But com, when, com the, when after the opera singer, I switched over to the flatter mouse or whatever, the magic yeah. flute. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, this is really good. I should get this on vinyl. And uh, there's a billion versions of that you might be shocked to hear. No way. No way. But the classical music brand I like, the German gramophone, hasn't put one out since like the 80s. Hmm. So I can't be super douchey and listen to my magic flute on my vinyl machine. <laughs> Just suffer through watching to it on like YouTube music. <laughs> like a plebeian. Uh so do you guys have anything else that's good you want to talk about? Mm. Uh, it's life. Life. Yeah, not really. Taking, like uh, I think I mentioned things. before, we're going through all the Marvel movies, so Oh yeah. Yeah. What are yeah. you up to now? Uh we just watched Thor Ragnarok. Nice. Oh, lovely. We're almost done. Yeah. We're almost there. Nice. Yeah. Almost caught are you up. Then you go through all the shows then? We already did WandaVision. That's what kicked this whole thing off. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We started on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I don't know. We're not really into think, it yet. Yeah. I don't even think we finished the first episode on that yet. Maybe we did. <laughs> but if we did this only one we've watched so far, it was it was fine, but Yeah. I mean, it kinda got like, I think burnt out a little. Yeah. And it seems like it suffered from coming out after WandaVision. Mm. Yeah. So like and it's also gonna suffer plot sort uh-huh. of driven story and then like now I'm gonna kick this dude in the face. Yeah. I got wings. Yep. <laughs> But I think it's also going to get sandwiched on the other side by Loki. Yeah. Right. It's really good. So It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, Loki's causing mischief in Levi's book right now. Oh, yeah? He's, we're now on the third Magnus Chase book. And uh, it was, it's interesting. Like I'm liking these pretty well. But mm-hmm. yeah. Freaking Rick Riordan has to keep going back. Like Percy J- Percy Jackson makes a cameo in this. I'm like, what are you even doing here, Percy Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be in every mythology by the time. It's like I got to show that we're all in the same universe. He was Greek. Then when they did Romans, he was there too, and now he's in Norse. And I guess uh-huh. he's going to be in the Egyptian one. I don't know. Like <laughs> probably he's going to replace. He's going to be the center of the myth- mythological universe. That Percy Jackson. Let me know when they do Jesus. <laughs> I can't wait. That's too controversial. Well, in fact, Magnus Chase just in this chapter said he's an atheist. He's like, I hang around with Norse de- deities, but no. Uh-huh. Just <laughs> different types of beings. He's like, I'm an atheist. But Well, that's fair. It's, uh, it's, it's weird to be living in Valhalla actively and an atheist, but okay. I mean, it just takes the, or like, what do you consider a god? Like, yeah. they call themselves that, yeah. but that doesn't mean that they're anything, that they're some kind of right. special creation outside of the normal bounds of nature. It's just they're from a level of nature that most of us don't live in type of deal. Quite right. You know? Yes. That's what That Samira, would make it more interesting to explore, I think. That's what Samira, the Muslim Valkyrie, said to him. It's like, they're not, <laughs> they're not actual gods. They're just, you know. That's I weird. Just, interesting, yeah. That's yeah. weird. I mean, that's kind of how you, that's an interesting take, because I've read some cursory things from, like, 
Buddhism and stuff, and that's yeah. kind of the going theory with that, with, like, certain strains, is that yeah. what we call the gods, like, they're still beings that need to receive and that could become enlightened. Right. They're just, like, higher-level existence of beings, but they're not outside right. of time and space. They're just a part of everything like we are. Right. You know, I'm like, that's good, interesting concepts to take and kind of play with and, yeah, you know, have some kids' book. Like, books appropriate-ish for children, too, to also yeah. adult into. <laughs> right. You well, I, ga- I gather the, he got some blowback on his second book. Because mm-hmm. there is a uh, gender-fluid character in there named mm-hmm. Alex, who is, uh, whose mother is Loki. Oh, cool. And they're like, you can't have gender-fluid characters in your kid's book. Why not? Like, All right. You sure you <laughs> can. Like... You know, you know, like Loki was known for like changing gender and sleeping with horses, right? <laughs> to trick people, like of course, Loki's children could be gender fluid if they wanted to be. Like <laughs> one of Loki's children will be a wolf, the wolf that eats the moon at the end of time. Yeah, Fenris is in there. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so how does a, a humanoid person make a wolf? <laughs> like there you go. That's right. Don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> Just it's, it's metaphorical. Yeah, exactly. But you know, uh, Levi's like, he's what? He did what? He's a girl what? now. Like, yeah, it's it's fine. Yes. Yeah. Like, Don't we'll think talk, too much. We'll about talk it. about it later. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. So life, you say, is good. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> making, making some changes. Was that too bold of a statement? <laughs> Life is all right. Well, today was a weird day for so that's that's shading my yeah my conceptions. I gotcha. I mean, nothing's really changed. It's still the same yeah issues and concerns and struggles, but but still managing to make Krispy Kreme for free. I know, right? And exactly, and I get to read good. more of the book. And I could read more, convince myself to read more of Gilgamesh. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm a, about a quarter way through that. Surely that's okay, that's been interesting. In there. Um, there surely probably will be at some point. Yeah. Some creature, god, being. We've already had Enkidu, the wild man, he's coming to play, and he was tamed through prostitution. Oh, okay. We sent, wait, uh, wait. Tamed in what way through prostitution? <laughs> so, Enkidu was created to be the wild man. Yeah. And the counter in strength to Gilgamesh. Because Gilgamesh is, like, more than just human. Yeah. Because his mom was Ninsu, the cow goddess. Okay. So they created him to be strong because Gilgamesh is kind of a dick. Especially in the beginning. Uh-huh. He's like, I-, I may have told you guys, I can't remember, he fucks all the women in town. And starts fights with all the men and shit and, like, beats them. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, they've cried out, like, Gilgamesh is being a dick. <laughs> like, out here, like, the guy's like, I can't marry my daughters because he comes in and fucks them and all the shit. And the guy's like, yeah, we get wives and hold jobs because he comes and beats us and mainly feeds us right. <laughs> you know. So then the gods are like, yeah. alright, we'll make this Enkidu guy and he'll be his equal strength and stuff. He's gonna grow up in the wilds and... He did. He lived with the animals and like could run right. as fast as gazelles and run with them. And mm-hmm. he was a hunter. Mm-hmm. And so it's this one hunter guy is like at a watering hole and sees Enkidu. And he's like, so that's who's been keeping me from getting getting kills and all this shit. 
<laughs> so he told his dad, and his dad went to went to Uruk, the ancient city. Uh-huh. He was like, hey, I need help with this. So they were like, all right, we'll send this well-known... They talked to Gilgamesh, because he told him about it. This is not supposed to happen. He's like, well, I'll talk to this prostitute, who's like really skilled, <laughs> and she'll go out. So she did. Ah, and okay. taught him the ways of civilization by having sex with him for like a month. <laughs> so... And it worked. Like, they went to a camp, and he made friends with the hunters, mm-hmm. and protected them from lions at night while they were sleeping. Uh-huh. And But then he lost his uh, kind of supernatural abilities a bit. Like, he wasn't as fast as the gazelles anymore. They didn't understand him. Because yeah. before, mm-hmm. he could talk to them, and they would understand him and things, because yeah. he was their brother. Right. So you have that, and that's how the prostitute tamed the wild man and taught him the ways of civilized life. Nice. And then took him to Uruk to meet Gilgamesh. And they had a little tussle. And Gilgamesh is like, you're my best friend now. And then Kid was like, great, I've never had a best friend before. Oh. <laughs> like, so now we have to go to the Cedars area, which is now Lebanon, and defeat Humbaba and get this like <laughs> wood we need from there. Because I can't remember why they need it, but they need it. That's where I'm at right now. They've just right. talked with the elders of Uruk about why they need to do this. And they went and saw Gilgamesh's mom. And she gave some prophecy stuff and did some temple ritual. I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to picture her because they keep calling her the cow goddess. Yeah. But then she does things like walks upstairs and does ritual fires. So I'm like, is she a human too? Like, I don't understand, but I, don't, I guess it doesn't matter. When she's, since she's technically a goddess. Yeah. You know, she could be like Hat Horror from Egypt and have like cow ears, but basically be a woman. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. And Kidu the wild man. Hmm. I know he's supposed to die at some point. And that sends Gilgamesh on his quest to discover immortality yeah which he doesn't do but that's when he learns that hey the whole thing is about like life's the journey dude type of deal like, you're supposed <laughs> to make a legacy for yourself and that's how you live on you don't actually become immortal even you uh-huh. Gilgamesh but spoilers people never read it I've just picked this up all the time spoilers for time. the oldest book in the world <laughs> yeah well it is interesting because the copy I have is kind of a scholar like you could use it in a literature class yeah. But it's also good enough to just read, too. Like, the translation is good. You can just read it for funds yeah. as well. But it has, So it has articles and stuff in there. And it breaks apart in it. So they don't. we don't have an actual complete copy of the Epic of Gilgamesh from any one source. Uh-huh. Most of what we have, which is in this book, is from Babylon. So they got it, like, from the Sumerians and those people. That's, that's the copy that survived. There's also some from... The Hittite version and the Assyrian mm-hmm. one, which helps fill in the gaps. Yeah, so, okay. so they have enough of the text, so the parts that they're missing in one are in another version. So they talk about, so it makes it kind of flow weird sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But other times it works out. And there's a lot of articles in there. There's a section too that's of like little poems about Gilgamesh and some other like smaller tales that kind of existed alongside it before the Babylonian version was made, like the official one. Yeah. But even that was like 3,000 years ago. It's like not, not recently. And then, but the story is older than that. So right. that's why it gets to be like the oldest story that's come down. Right. It's like 5,000 years old. Right. And so that but, was the basis for Eat, Pray, Love, huh? Yes, it was. <laughs> Everything after that. Parts of the Bible, too. Because oh. they'll encounter a guy who's the flood survivor in this storyline. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was there, basically, there, Noah. Noah. And whatnot. Who was and naked and drunk, him. and the God's like, oh, I don't think fuck, he does that. Fuck humans. 
I don't think that happens in this Your story. Your kids but... saw you naked and drunk. And they right. teased you, so drown them all. <laughs> that was after that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it. Oh, well, I promised I wouldn't do that again, so. <laughs> and something about a you. rainbow, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but there'll be some fighting with some, like, demons and maybe a god. and Yeah, for good measure. Stuff. So it'll be interesting. But it's only 100 pages, the actual story. Like, it's wow. not... The book, I'm like, this is a big book. I was like, well, nope, the actual story is only about 100 pages. Yeah, the rest of it's the other stuff and some scholarly articles and yeah, things like that. But so they mentioned the Odyssey a lot too, yeah, because the Odyssey in our culture is like gets credit as like the oldest story mm-hmm. that we have. Like, no, Gilgamesh is older, yeah, mm-hmm. Gilgamesh beats it by out by like 1500 years by a lot. for written down, right? You know, I'm like, funny because I'm kind of reading that too. Books, how mm. did you know? <laughs> that will take me longer. You're starting books from the beginning. Yep. And you're going in <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Doing the detail. As far as I know, no one's made a movie of Epic of Gilgamesh, so that's unfortunate. I'm sure someone has tried some part. Anyway. Probably. Well, listen. Rick Riordan is like a billionaire now from his Percy Jackson books. Uh-huh. I want Makes you to me... start a series retelling all these ancient epics <laughs> in just that voice, too. <laughs> just my styles I've been using yeah. the last few times. Yeah. I'm just saying. Way more entertaining. How prostitution <laughs> taught a guy to be civilized. Right. And like, <laughs> According to ancient standards. If you're introducing a wild man to society through fucking him, yep. like the first time he meets other guys and talks to them, like that's the only thing they have in common, right? <laughs> I would think so. So it's like, nice to meet you. Sex is pretty good, right? I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Now that I think about it, they're probably best friends right away. They're like, you're totally right. Probably. High five. Yeah. High five is exactly. all. We are all friends. Like, do you want to Eiffel Tower her next time? <laughs> Even oh, though there won't be an Eiffel Tower for thousands of years? That crosses the line. <laughs> offended uh yeah that's cool it's very cool uh the thing i was gonna bring up is uh although it'll be long over by the time this comes out uh mystery science theater is doing another kickstarter oh yeah yeah. they did the one to bring them back to netflix and netflix is netflix and so like yeah fuck it right possibly the cheapest show we make but no people didn't (laughs) people didn't binge it so We'll cancel it. So now they're trying to put it on their own thing. Like, we'll just we'll do it ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because of that, I've been going back and watching a lot of old episodes, kind of binging on that, too. So, that's been keeping me cool. well entertained. I bet. In the last couple of days, they've been doing, uh, and I guess there's a couple more planned for the weekend, like, live streams where mm-hmm. they put an episode on, and then they watch with you, and they comment on it. Yeah. So... Double commentary. Double commentary, yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting, too, because they did episodes with Joel commenting, but it was Mike on the show. He's like, I've never actually seen Hobgoblins before. And then (laughs) just to hear him go off and like, these puppets are horrible. Like, you have to try to make these puppets this bad. (laughs) (laughs) And like, through the course of the movie, finding out he knew the guy who worked on it, it's like, I'm going to call him. Like, I'm going to shame him. That's fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, they're doing a couple of. They did Delta Nights tonight. 
there's gonna be a Gamera one coming up and nice werewolf. So I think you can just jump on their Facebook and watch along with them. So oh, neat. If you're so inclined, check it out. But, but yes. So that's that's been making me giggle. And then I put a shelf together yesterday for my kid. Oh, um, I saw that. Yeah. It's a good shelf. Good for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it looks fine. like the one that I have. It's a yeah. smaller version of it. It's yeah. served me well for years. It's it's these shelves, but with an extra layer. Because mm-hmm. I finally convinced Danielle I need more book space. Yeah. Because you know? I don't know if you can see all these stacks over here that are just laying out. But right. That's not my room. I need more book space, too. Yeah. So if I just move one shelf over and get another one about that size, I can put all these books that are piled and other things on the shelf. Yeah. And they can start a new pile. Yeah. Uh, eventually, yes, that yeah. will happen. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, any any final thoughts? No, not for me. I got nothing. Are we going to learn if androids dream about electric sheep or no? I doubt it. Probably yeah. not. Just to be fair. If even if even if Deckard turns out to be an android, he dreams of having a real sheep. So, right, that's right. right. Maybe we already have our answer. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Anyway, okay, that was our session for today. As a reminder, if you're planning on reading along with us, your homework for next time is to read the rest of the book. Should be easy to remember. I'm about to make an executive decision here. Seeing as we are already running long, I'm going to say no on second thoughts today. Everything we said was brilliant and 100% right. Don't at me. Today's episode was brought to you by Electric Impulses, made to simulate a feeling of inspiration and a fresh attitude towards working, from Chris, Chris Hamm, Chris, other Chris Jacobson. It was edited by me, Travis Rowe, and was sponsored by no one in particular. Until next time, keep fucking reading. delicious food now i've got like bee holes yeah ruined my appetite it's probably a good idea since you were rather hungry <laughs> yeah don't serve food when your bee holes that close to the table like no Ugh, no it's <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea put on the pants it's how people get pink eye yeah when you serve food <laughs> gotta wear pants yes <laughs> I think there's probably rules about that, but I guess those places get dispensations of some sort. Yeah. Uh, they pay know. off the police. <laughs> With holes. free beer. Free bee holes. Free, free bee holes. <laughs> Let's see if we can... Discount bee hole looks. Discount bee holes. <laughs> that time? was gross. I didn't like it. No. I also didn't like it that I met someone from work there. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, that's... (laughs) You know what the weirdest thing to me is seeing, like, freaking families there. I'm like, 
No. Why would a family come to a place where you can potentially see your server's beehole, depending <laughs> on the holiday, <laughs> and definitely her boobs the rest of the time? Like, why would you bring your child there and your mother? If it's a holy day, you might see it Yeah. I mean, if they got a bunny tail on it, I guess it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now. 